Hey guys, and welcome to the Why Are We Watching This Podcast. I'm Sean, your devastating, massive, unidentified terrestrial organism. And I'm Zach, your gigantic, radioactive guardian. And today, we're talking about... Oh no, they say he's got to go, 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 Godzilla! guys Godzilla 2014 uh this movie's PG-13 it is two hours three minutes long directed by Gareth Edwards it has an IMDb score of 6.4 a budget of 160 million dollars and this movie brought in a hundred excuse me 529.1 million dollars three and a half times what it cost to make fuck yeah dude that's I'd say a success yeah <laughs> um is so like 160 million dollars is that a lot of money I'd say that's, I mean, that's kind of the norm right now with movies, with big, like, blockbuster movies. Uh, before we get into anything, also, spoiler alert. Yep, massive spoilers. Uh, although, uh, the reason why we're doing this episode is because I just went and saw King of the Monsters this weekend, or last weekend, uh, twice. And, yeah, it was really good, so uh, I needed to have some sort of outlet to be able to talk about something Godzilla related to somebody. So I won't give spoilers on that because that'd be fucked up, but, um, although it'll probably be on Blu-ray by the time people are listening to this, so, um, yeah, whatever. I just want to talk about Godzilla, and I, I really want to do this movie, because I've had, cha- my feelings have changed about this movie since the first time I saw it, but, to now. Well, okay, so, I have not seen King of the Monsters as well, so that's why he's also not going to spoil it, because he's not going to ruin it for Oh, me. yeah, definitely, um, I, yeah, we're going to go see it. But I... I actually am on the same page with you as that as far as that goes because my feelings about this movie have also changed. Yeah, I'll save that until the end. Would you like to do sort of a, re- a quick recap of the film? Yeah, um, which I didn't start like actually writing it down until like kind of more of the good parts in the movie. Yeah. Um, although I, I really love the whole intro. I think that intro is pretty great. Um, but uh, let's see, uh, we get that cool starting sequence with like the black and white pictures. With the fucking amazing original score. Uh, I I love that. I actually, I wrote, I I did write that down, that that nuclear blast footage that they use in the beginning, like, really sets the tone for the movie in an awesome way. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. They used basically the whole uh, testing footage from World War II, the Bikini Beach stuff. Right. um, To, they use that in the movie. And I I like when they do that with movies. Transformers did it. Uh, Transformers three, I can't three. Oh, Dark of the Moon. Um, it was kind of cool because they uh, they used the whole like uh, space race um, as to it was actually like a secret mission to right. find the Transformers on the moon. No, I like that. Which is really cool. Too. I like when they do stuff like that. Well, and it's funny because I feel like you don't see it too much so yeah. when you do get it in a movie and it's done well like in this movie where they've they've just slightly altered that footage to add whatever it is that they want to add in this yeah. case godzilla uh it like really is like oh cool like I, this is familiar as shit this yeah. makes it more real for it, me yeah exactly it definitely like puts you in the universe of that that movie right and that's that's what people love is being able to like relate or 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 fit in right and that's like the number one way. It's like, oh shit, this feels like this is real, like this is happening or did happen. So I, um, 
This intro, we started, it's like the Philippines uh, in 1999. Yes, which I wonder if that was a nod to the... the... 99. Well, it actually came out in 98, though. That Godzilla movie came out in 98. But that, that's the whole thing, is there was bomb testing in the... They used, it was the same footage, I think. Um, but then, yeah, in a uh, in iguana, more specifically, I believe a marine iguana, um, a very cool creature. You should look it up. Um, <laughs> uh, becomes mutated from radio uh, radioactive, whatever nuclear energy, um, and then that's where we get that Godzilla. Which honestly, like a lot of people bag on that movie, but I really like that movie for. A number of reasons not necessarily as like oh this is like the coolest godzilla movie because it's not but well it's funny i described it to someone recently who i don't think had seen it as uh an entertaining movie with a not so great godzilla it's like a cool monster movie yeah really it's like whoa it's like they took jurassic park and pushed it to the next level which is what it feels like yeah yeah and so that's why i still like that movie because it's still just like something i'm into whether it's like Godzilla or not. And I mean, they kind of stayed true to it in their own way. And uh, they actually ignored a lot of stuff that um, Toho said they could, they had to do. They're like, you have to do this. You have to do this in the with your Godzilla film. design. Yeah. And they just were like, uh, yeah, fuck that. That's interesting. <laughs> they like totally went on the opposite direction of it. Um, well, so my, my question is in this movie, it's Ken Watanabe's character. Yeah, uh, Dr. Serizawa. So he's going and exploring the, like, the first exposure we have with what ended up being the Mutos, right? Within the modern time? Right. Um, yes. So, uh, there's this, uh, group called Monarch that, uh, basically kind of, uh, they kind of oversee all this, um, activity of, like, giant monsters. Basically, they're, like, Mythbusters, kind of, sure, in a way, but uh, they're more about like uh, studying and protecting these things, and sometimes kind of right. have somewhat ill intentions. But it's for the most of part, it's it's to protect the world the best they can and prove that like monsters are real. Um, and so they get called to this uh, site in the Philippines where they're they're digging. They've been digging or something, and they start getting a, a a hit of like radioactivity, and they think they struck uranium, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And so as soon as they like get all this gear on top of it, it just crumbles. And they like he's like the guy says, uh, "I think about 40, 40 miners went down with it," and so like a bunch so, of people died from this. Right, and then when they go inside of it, it's there's a, a like a rib cage they're standing inside of. It looks more like a neck. Sure. Which, Which I was thinking that was a nod to Manda, also known as Ultragon, I believe. Which is another Godzilla creature that also had its own uh, like feature film before Godzilla. Like, there's all these monsters that Toho made these movies for, and then put them into the Godzilla realm. Sure. Whereas they didn't start in the Godzilla franchise and then branch out. They actually had their own introductions, but they had their success in the Godzilla franchise. So it's like uh, we have the Universal Monsters, that was the Toho Monsters. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because he says... Um, I'm sorry. The female character with him says... Is it him? Yeah, he says no. It's no, something, it's much, something older. much older, but just like it. Yeah, and that was like, oh, interesting. That's cool. That's a cool concept. And that's why I was thinking it was Manda because all you really see is this long, like, narrow, like tunnel of like what kind of 
it, yeah, it looks rib cages ish. So like it, it's kind of serpentine, right? Is what it seems to me. And so I was like, I I doubt they would just go out and say, yeah, that was Manda, right? It's but it may be a nod to it, right? Well, I mean, and this movie has nods. It's nods. It has a nod to Mothra. Obviously, there's yeah the quick pan across the um, small moth insect cage. Yeah, a little terrarium or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, there's the tape ripped off, says Mothra on it, um, which, whatever. I mean, jump ahead there for a second, though. Uh, that part in the movie when they, when Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, Ford and... Go I back home. What's the dad's name? Joe. Joe. So when Joe and Ford go back home and um, they're in this sort of like post-apocalyptic Jinjira. Yeah. I was like, man, this is maybe... It's one of... Two of my favorite like practical shots in the movie uh-huh. because everything is practical, or at least it looks like it is. And you see him turn his head, and they're on the boat, and he's wearing all of the gear. And I was just like, man, that is so cool! Like, it yeah. just looks so like eerie and like real. Yeah, uh, it had a cool feel to it. And then my my other favorite shot was actually the the halo jump. Yes, the halo jump's a big one that we'll get to. Which was used in the as the teaser, the original teaser. Yeah, which actually got me so so hyped on this movie because I was like, oh, what is this? This looks so cool. It's so stylized, and then yeah, you see the with tail. the music too, and the, oh, the music's so cool. Which um, the music in that scene is actually used in uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey when the when the um, monolith is revealed. No shit. Yeah. Oh no way! The king of the so, soundtrack is already out fuck yeah um so after the muto cave scene we go to jinjira japan where brian cranston's family joe's family are living and where he's working at the nuclear plant right um uh, something kind of uh, somewhat important um when they're in that little cavern they discover a spore that uh, looks like it's uh still kind of dormant and then there's one that's obviously broken open and then that leads them to discover this tunnel with light coming through it and it's like how, how did they not see this before maybe i don't know maybe the light wasn't out yet in the right spot that was my um, question was it they almost made it look like well because it looked like something had crawled out yeah obviously and so yeah i'm like well and also whatever crawled out of it where did that thing go for 20 years it was 13 15. years 15 years well and that's where you find out in the next the next few like moments kind of yeah, you're right. You're right. So I guess it's that gets crazy explained. that it sort of does lie dormant for a long time. You meaning the fifteen years? Yeah. Mm, yeah, but also no, and we'll get to that. Um, so as far as it goes, uh, one thing I think that they should have done was give us a little taste of what this thing should have looked like. But it would have been a larva at this stage, and I don't know what that necessarily would have looked like if it would have been kind of caterpillarish. Maybe they didn't want to get backlash and have people think it was like a Mothra ripoff or something. Sure. But it would have been really nice to see, like, maybe while they're in the cave talking about something broke out. And then you just see, like, or hear something bursting through the wall. And then maybe get a quick glimpse of its tail as it's, like, crawling out. And then as it's, like, going down that mountainside into the beach, maybe you see it, like, dipping into the ocean. So you don't really see it, but, like, you see it. Sure. That would have been great. And of course, they're really holding out on the reveals in this movie, which is something that, well, I can get to later. Um, Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I would have loved that tension been like, oh, that's so cool. Although maybe it would have made me more angry that I didn't get to see it in that state more. Sure. Um, But uh, 
So yeah, so then we go to Jinjira with that the awesome soundtrack again, which uh, now I got to give this guy credit now that I found it. Uh, Alexander or Alexandre Desplat, he did the whole soundtrack for this movie, and it's fucking incredible. Like, Interesting. like I'll sit and like just listen to the score. Yeah, I was but I get so lost. I'm I like, what picking, part is this again? I was picking up on some of it this time through, um, and like a lot of it I did like, but there was just sometimes when I really wanted something else. Music-wise? Yeah. Really? Not drastically different, though. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know. It's something I guess I'd have to watch the movie. Is it because they use that intro theme more than once? Um, Because I actually really liked that. That actually doesn't bother me. That that doesn't bother me at all, because it's a theme, and it makes me feel like, okay, I know where we're going with this. I Mm. get what we're doing. Yeah. Um... Plus, it's awesome. No, it is That really first good. song you hear in the movie is just, like, so fun. So, yeah. So, we get uh, Brian Cranston's family. I, I kind of don't want to dive too deep into this scene because it's a lot of, like, family dynamic stuff. But, basically, it's Joe's birthday, and he's working too hard to accept the family dynamic thing. And then he goes to work with his wife, and this is where shit gets kind of real. Yeah. Um, when the seismic activity hits. And right. This scene, man, ugh, it like tears me apart. Yeah, every time it really like gets to me and it's it really all comes down to like it's just like Brian Cranston's such a good actor. And I wrote that down in my notes twice. Uh, Brian Cranston is the man. Yeah. Um that scene was really well written, although it makes me so mad every time. Because they kind of seem like they're just wandering down there and then all of a sudden the thing bursts and so obviously there's like nuclear uh, radioactivity in the air right. coming for them literally like chasing them like a monster and they have to mm. run and escape and of of course they don't make it right but it's like uh, why didn't you guys get out of there sooner when like the place started shaking and like uh, or maybe that all happened at once we just don't I think really it was see just it sort of all and... at once in the way movies cut together it doesn't feel like that right because you can't show two things happening at once right. and if you do you suck because it's well doing really side gross. by side yeah I hate it, that yeah, I can't stand it's that. kind of a comedy specific sort of thing or like maybe an action movie if they can really do it well right 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 yeah no i totally agree um so anyway yeah so um it's really sad because like at first he's just on it and then the the seismic activity the little earthquake happens again and then he starts booking it down there right waiting for them because he's like i'm going to shut the door as soon as they come through um and he gets there and uh we see his wife get hit by like a thing help trying to help someone else as well like a huge blast of radioactivity yeah um well like it bursts out of this uh pipe and like sends them into the wall nuclear waste or something yeah it's some sort of nuclear gas yeah um and she comes on the comm and she's like, uh, we're not going to make it. And he's like, this is where like it really sets in. You're like, oh, shit. And he's just like, he's panicking and like saying, no, you can make it. You just got to go. And then um, he, he basically is told to close the door and then sees the steam coming. And he, he waits like he hesitates for so long and then finally hits it before it gets to him. And he's just like crushed. Right. And then on top of that. Through the tiny little window, he starts to see the people coming. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't do anything. And then he sees his then wife. He sees his wife, yeah. And he, like, breaks down. And, Dude, like, that, that's that part, too. I was just like, God damn it. And he really is, he like. He sells it. He sells the shit out of it, It's dude. so good. Because I'm watching that scene going, damn, that's a man who literally just watched his wife die. 
Yeah, like it doesn't feel forced or anything. No. It feels so good. And it's like, it's so good to have that in the movie. It's like super heartbreaking, but that's like the whole point is like, it, it, if it makes you feel something, uh, then like it's, that's good. No, I agree. Now, one thing I will say um, before we go any farther is earlier when he is um, up in the sort of command booth and they are doing the, they're showing like the earthquake seismic activity stuff. Yeah. I got to give this movie a lot of credit because a lot of movies don't get this right. They actually like shook the set because you see things move. Yeah. And a lot of movies just, just, just doing the, the shaky cam or the post and having people kind of like fake react. And I was like, at first I was like, oh, don't do this to me because it's going to really kill the scene for me if I know I can see that you're faking it. And they got it because you see everything go flying when it happens. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, hell yeah, okay. That's really funny. I never thought of that just because like I was so in the moment watching it. I'm like, yeah, that felt right. Well, and like, the- I never thought like... Oh, they did that well. Well, and so that's the thing is like, I mean, I, I don't have anything to like show anyone, but as a, an aspiring, I suppose, filmmaker, I, those are things I look for now because it's yeah. things that I make sure, want to make sure that I'm getting right. Yeah, for sure. You know, no, it's, it's just good. Funny. It's the illusion. So, it's um, so then, so that happens. Everybody in Ginger is basically like evacuated. Um, they don't really have time to grab anything. Uh, Joe doesn't even get to grab a picture of his wife, which is nope. really sad. It is really sad. Um, this all happened on his birthday, too. Uh, and then so we flash forward to 15 years later. Um, we see like a, an air, airplane, like one of those big carrier planes uh, with soldiers in it. Um, and then we get our um, glimpse of the like 23-year-old Ford or something like that. Yeah. It was, like they, 23 or something. I, I think it was like 10. Yeah, so I don't know how old he would be, but but yeah, something like that, early twenties. Which I love Aaron Taylor Johnson, but not in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> which kind of sucks because I want to like him in this movie, but I kind of just don't care for him. He doesn't and here's, sell his character. Here's the thing: I don't know if it's his fault though. I don't either because I kind of feel like it's a, he's a victim of editing. I also kind of feel like. <sighs> I hate to bash on Gareth Edwards because I was like so in love with this movie and I, I think Rogue One was pretty good, although I don't really care about it. But I kind of think it might have been him. So, okay. I don't necessarily think it's editing, but it could have been. Here's but that's the, the thing. I'm like, is it the actor or is it the Instead director? of like going through this whole like family dynamic scene, I kind of just want to talk about how I feel about it and why I think it kind of doesn't work. Okay. Because that's where it kind of loses me because I actually believe Elizabeth Olsen in this movie. Uh, there's to times an where extent. I don't. Yeah, there's times where I'm like, you're pushing it like too hard. Where like you kind of seem like, which I get it. Somebody would argue like, well, they are crazy because of everything that's happening right now and in their life, and that's the thing you have to think about. But at the same time, it's like she just seems like a crazy bitch in this movie. She, well, that's the thing is, there's a couple times where she does seem like kind of like a crazy bitch, but there's times when she just seems like she just is upset and she just wants to know that her husband's okay. And then there's the, like her dynamic between her and her son, which is actually something that I liked a lot because that seemed somewhat believable. Um, however, this movie does something that I fucking hate, and it's children watching devastating things happen and not reacting at all. <laughs> and it does it so fucking much, and I'm just like, oh no, that's not what happens, dude. My kids throw a fucking fit over absolutely nothing, so if they saw some shit like that going down, they'd be, like, go screaming, dude. Well, this kid was also, like, twice your kid's age. What about the little girl on the beach, too, though? When, like, the monster comes out of the fucking beach, dude? I will say, and 
Part of me thinks that's just a little girl that it's a movie act, thing. Which okay, I mean it's that's what it is. I feel like it's just a movie thing. I mean to be fair, I don't know if she really gets to see anything though, because at that point the sky's dark. Think of how tall Godzilla well, no. is. I and, okay, so actually I think this is during the tsunami where the water is like right. They're running through, away, and the dad's carrying her, and she's just like totally looking at it like whatever. And I'm just like, okay, dude, get real, like. You would at least be saying something or being like, "Oh, that's what's happening? you know." I actually did think that watching this, that uh, watching it this last time, I was there's just like, like nothing. I'm how like, she not dude, like saying anything. My kids are pretty inquisitive, especially when everybody's fucking freaking out and panicking. Yeah, like kids react; they read emotions, and they wouldn't just be like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. Um, so but I think that I agree with you. I think that Gareth Edwards has a lot to do with that kind of stuff because. This movie's sort of like an art version of, like, an art version of a Godzilla movie. Yeah, kind of. But it, with some, like, sort of forced family dynamic stuff. Because well, I feel like this movie is sort of like, if you took away, you could take away Godzilla and the Mutos in this movie, and it's sort of just a look at what happens to humans. Na in natural disasters. During a natural disaster, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I think this movie more so is than a Godzilla movie. Well, here's the thing, and I might be really incorrect on his, like, film history like what he's done but the only thing i really know he did right before godzilla was this movie a while back called monsters that's it okay so i'm not wrong um which have you seen monsters no but i'm familiar with it it's essentially the same thing although it's it's honestly a lot worse because it's about this couple that's just kind of like traveling and trying to survive while there's these like giant alien creatures just roaming around right kind of destroying stuff and killing people, but they never really quite get, from my knowledge, they don't really, like, get close enough to it to where, like, it kind of brings you anything. Right. And it's just, it's the same thing. It's just a couple, like, traveling while they're experiencing this natural disaster, essentially. Right. It, it, so that's the thing, is this movie sort of feels like a Cloverfield script. But at the same time, uh, although he's only in it for eight minutes, every time you see Godzilla, I'm kind of just like, oh, I remember why I love this movie. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. But I think that that's, I don't know. Maybe that's where my sort of disappointment and as much as I hate to say it, like my kind of agreement with maybe like the everyman is like, this is a Godzilla movie. I want to see Godzilla. And the fact that I only get eight minutes of Godzilla and I get... 200 and or i get 100 and uh you know 15 minutes of devastation storytelling story and... storytelling that ultimately leads nowhere well that's the thing that's the thing with the franchise is it does lead somewhere and it leads somewhere Eventually, really good i get it and it's actually really important because they straight up forgot what we were talking about <laughs> um, I was talking about how man, it just feels like a disaster movie. Yeah, it just feels yeah, like a you get movie. too much. You don't get enough Godzilla. So what, what a point I was making the other day because I I saw somebody say the same thing about King of the Monsters, which there's so much more monster stuff in this movie. So like I think you get your just desserts for the most part. Maybe sure. that's not the right term to use <laughs> in like, the sense. I feel like it pays <laughs> off though. Yeah, that's not what I'm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like it, this is like kind of like. Oh, this is what we wanted in the first one. Um, so, but there is still like a lot of like drama between people. But like, I feel like it was done a lot better in this movie. I, and the the new movie, King of the Monsters, I feel like is like truly the best take of a modern Godzilla movie, going back to like Toho style Godzilla movies sure. in a way. 
Which is what this is ultimately supposed to be, a reboot of this franchise, at least. Exactly. Um, um, and well, so, so here's something, though, that I, I think that also we could pay maybe some credit to is the fact that the screenwriter for this movie, um, and I don't have his name in front of me, but he's only written this film, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Godzilla vs. King Kong. Or Kong. Uh-huh. Okay. So... I f- it just feels like someone who was like, oh, I really like all of those things, and I know the history of those things. And they were like, okay, we'll write the scripts. And so he did. But a part of me is like, hmm, that's the take you took on it, huh? The other side of that coin, though, is that he didn't necessarily get to say, this is what's going to happen, this isn't. This is what's not going to happen. Understand. He probably had to change a lot of things that could have been the things we would have liked versus what we ended up getting. I understand He might have had to change those things because of like producers and stuff like that. I get it. I just feel like, ugh, I don't know, I, you know, there's just not enough Godzilla. There's just so much Muto and not enough Godzilla. And even the Mutos, I feel like you don't even see until an hour into the movie. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure, uh, maybe, maybe like 30, 30 to 45 minutes, yeah. I would say. Um, which that brings us to where we should uh, kind of keep going at. Um, so 15 years later, um, Joe gets to come home, spend time with his... No, Ford gets to come home. Oh, sorry, yeah, Ford. Uh, that's so weird that his name is Ford. I agree I with that. that. He spends the night with his family only to get a call that his father is... He doesn't even get to spend the night. He he's like, in the, the middle of the night, yeah. yeah. Which is some bullshit, dude. Yeah. I would, honestly, I hate to say this, but after all that time, I probably would just be like, dude, you are trespassing. You did it to yourself. Like, what do you want to do? Maybe give it a couple days. Yeah. Like, it's not the end of the world if exactly. you sit in jail for a couple days. That That's really sad, though. I I mean, I don't even have the really the best relationship with my dad, but I would still probably go bring him out of jail, like, right away. Oh, if it was my real dad, I'd be like, what? Well, yeah, right, dude. Sure. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> sure. So he he flies all the way to Japan, gets uh, busts his dad out of jail. Not like old <laughs> busts him yeah. out. Yeah, he goes <laughs> and legally gets him out of jail. He pays the ransom or the ransom. <laughs> That's what it is, really, about the bail. Um, yeah, exactly. The legal ransom. Legal ransom. I like that. Um, and then they go back to his apartment. Um, which is where we see that uh, Joe's been like very obsessed with what happened the day that that reactor blew because he lost his wife and he well, also sucks. Has nothing else to do, and he even says he's like, "Hey, I can't really make any money like being an English teacher." With a, like, yeah, he te- says, well, yeah, he says, "What is an English teacher with a PhD doesn't make much money here?" Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Man, that does suck to think about." Like, he's just this kind of older guy who like. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, <clears throat> he, they kind of have this, like, heart-to-heart where he's like, he's like, Dad, you gotta stop doing this crazy shit. Um, and kind of just, like, leave it behind. He's like, plus, you know, come be with your family. Yeah. You know, you, you've got a grandson waiting to uh, see his grandpa. Yeah, which that scene um, made me kind of like feel sentimental too, because I was just like, God damn. Yeah. That was one of the a few times in the movie though that I think Aaron Taylor Johnson was kind of selling the like. Yeah, yeah, the, I agree. I really on. liked that scene. Like he's not, and he's not a terrible actor either. No, I like him as an actor. Uh, I, I actually really like. This is people are probably gonna be like, well, okay, but I actually really like him in the Kick-Ass movies. Um. Yeah, and I I didn't have a problem with him in Kick-Ass. I just don't like Kick-Ass. I think those movies are okay, but I think that he is like. Definitely a saving grace for those movies. 
Yeah, and I mean, that was the thing, too, is he was kind of like this little wiener. Yeah. And that was the point of the movie. But then he's, like, jacked in this movie. Yeah, you know, he's, like, and he looks good. He's, like, clean dude. cut. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, also I wanted to state that uh, before Age of Ultron, where they play brother and sister, him and Elizabeth Olsen, right. this came out before that. Right. Like, by two years, I think, too. So, it's not like they had to go from playing brother and sister to, like, kissing on the couch it was like the other way around which totally. was, i think a little easier of a transition which is funny because i hadn't really thought about that i obviously knew the connection yeah uh, but i hadn't really considered their relationship in that movie and i still kind of because you don't really get to see enough of it and so you don't really care exactly but also because like seeing them next to each other i was like they kind of look really like they could be related in real life anyways um i mean maybe but you know i I'm not in love with the kid they cast to play Ford either, oh. because I don't think he looks like him. Wait, what? Enough. The kid that that plays Ford in the beginning of the movie, I don't think he looks enough oh. like Aaron, uh, Aaron, Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Gotcha. Because, and I see why they did it, because there's this trans... Sorry to, like, jump back. But there's this, like, crossfade between the kid version and the adult version's eyes, and he, they have the same color eyes. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. But I was like, that kid does not look like him at, like at all. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna cast a little redhead kid to play me in a movie. That'll <laughs> <laughs> just be me playing myself as an adult. That's funny. Um. So. Which is funny because I'm purple in real life, yeah. as you've seen on our photos. Yeah. Um. I'm a I'm a lovely shade of rose, yeah. if you will. Um. They have that moment, uh, Fortnite wakes up the next day, uh, and then catches his dad doing his thing, and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, I gotta go back, um, I gotta get my discs, I don't have a picture of your mother. I gotta get my discs. Discs. Floppy. <laughs> I gotta get my I mean, dicks. They are floppies, so. I gotta get um, my dildos. <laughs> <laughs> and then he explains how he doesn't even have a picture of his mother, and, and they have this sad moment, he's like, you can't keep, you can't bury, the, he like turns it on him, and it's like, what was the point of that? That seemed kind of selfish and kind of rude, but at the same time, I kind of agreed. I was like, oh, this it's is all petty. I feel like I see that in movies all the time. He's like, he just was like, come be with your family. He's like, okay, yeah. And then he's like, you can't bury this forever. It's like, what are you gonna go do? Yeah, like, that's, I know. I was like, I feel like you're kind of, you're kind of doing the opposite. You're like totally like sitting in the past instead of coming and yeah, exactly. But he. He sells his whole reason, and and so I, it's well, believable to me. They go back to their old. And he home. ends up being right. So uh, well, he goes back to their old home. Um, he's got his little tachometer thing. Uh, I don't know what they're actually called. It's a. It is a, a Geiger counter. Oh, Geiger counter. Yeah, and it counts radioactivity in the air. Right, and a, he's like, "This is weird. It's not reading anything." Just rips his well, hazmat but, mask. Well, before that though. though, a bunch of dogs also run by. Right. Well, yeah, and that kind of like cues him to it. Right. He's like, he's like, the air should be toxic, but it's clean. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they're walking around, and he's like, I knew it. <laughs> um, well, he's right. I mean, uh, and so then yeah, we get their apartment. He sees the birthday sign that uh, Ford made for him 15 years ago, which is which kind I of, kind of made me, I was like, God damn it! It's kind like, of heartbreaking. Stop it. Get, yeah. get out of here with and that. He's just looking at it for the first time. God, he, I he never know. saw it. That's what hit me about it. I was like, oh, man, that's got to, like, kind of, like, take him back a little bit at least. Which yeah. it does, because, I mean, Brian Cranston's a man and sells the shit out of it. Dude, every scene he's in. Which, like, I used to hate that people would, like, complain that he wasn't in the movie enough. 
And to me, it was really just because Breaking Bad had just ended, so everyone was on that Breaking Bad high. No. And, no, I get it, though. I still thought he was really great in the movie and was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I hate that they killed him off. But at the same time, I, I was kind of just more upset that... Because, uh, prime example, uh, one of our friends went uh, saw it with us, too, and he was like, man, I wish he was in the movie more. And I was just like, you already know who You're I'm talking so about. You're so fucking funny, dude. I love Man. you. I love um, you so much for doing that. And I was just like, whatever. And he's like, I love Breaking Bad. And I'm just like, I bet you do. So I was kind of just upset about like people being like that. It's like, you just like him because he's in Breaking Bad. But like at the same time, he like fucking sells it. And I, I definitely agree that like he should have been the lead role throughout the whole fucking movie. Absolutely. Because at least then, all the parts with people would fucking matter and you would care. Yep. Um, instead, he gets the short end of the fucking stick. Well, coming up, basically what happens is they get caught and uh, instead of being taken back to the mainland, they're brought into um, basically where Monarch, the nuclear plant was. Yeah, Monarch is working at the the nuclear plant the because there's move or because there's been activity again because well, uh, Joe was right. They've actually been monitoring it for a really long time. Right. Like since it emerged, they found it right away and they were like, "Oh shit." And it built this cocoon in the middle of the nuclear plant and for 15 years is just sucking up all the radiation, which like that's where I'm like I don't think it was dormant for a long time. It had to literally like grow from the only source of radiation it could find because it's used to a time where radiation was just naturally everywhere. Right. And so it was hungry for food and it was the key role to bringing back its species. Um, whereas the other one was like, it doesn't really matter. I can get pregnant and lay eggs. Sure. But this one needed to grow into a mature adult. And, um, which, I mean, you see it feeding on, like, bombs and, like... Yeah, because they eat nuclear energy. Right. That's their food source. Right. And so they explain that they're from a time where the radioactivity on Earth was, like, naturally, like, high. And so they... That was their own, their source of food. And right. they ruled the world like that. They were basically the animals of a pre-existing time before the dinosaurs. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so... This uh, we see this thing in the cocoon. It's causing this like kind of meltdown again. Um, Joe is being held in this uh, this uh, room, this interrogation room, if you will, uh, where he sells like the best part of his role in the movie. Which guess what? That whole scene where he's like, "My wife died here" and everything. That was on the first take. Jesus Christ! And Gareth Edwards was just like. I loved it so much that we used it. Yeah, because it's, like, rough, dude. He just he just performed the shit out of it and didn't have to do it again. God, he's a killer. He's one-take Jake, so... I want to get... If I, <laughs> if I... When I get to, to make a movie, if he is still around, fucking he better be, I want to get uh, Brian Cranston in a, in a movie. That'd be awesome. Um, and so... He, he he's like I want to see my son, which Ford's being held in like this truck in handcuffs. Um, the place is shaking and um, power's going out, and he's like, "That's an EMP, not not an earthquake or a transmission or a transformer malfunction." Right. Um, he's like, "It it affects every electrical thing for miles." Um, and then so. 
the EMP, EMP eventually, uh, everyone kind of like takes off and is like trying to figure out what's going on. The thing's starting to uh, really react to the cocoon thing. He's like, uh, Sarah's I was like, kill it. And they start electrocuting it. And then it like goes dark. And then this creature breaks free and sends out another EMP at some point, which unlocks the, the uh, next level in the game. Yes. No, it unlocks the door that, uh, to the interrogation room. Uh, Joe goes out on this thing and is just watching this happen. And then, yeah, basically, we just have chaos. Yeah, the thing gets out. Uh, the Muto, which is this kind of like moth butterfly looking cicada looking thing. It's pretty cool. I, I like the male Mutos look a lot. Um, it uh, ends up knocking down this crane, which uh, knocks down the platform that Joe is on. Ford sees it happen, freaks out. The Muto kind of takes off. And then we kind of get to the next scene where um, they're kind of like recovering it from it. The military comes in and says, hey, we're taking this over from Monarch. And uh, is there anybody you need? And Serizawa points at uh, Ford Joe, and Joe. Ford. Um, and so then we see them on a helicopter. And uh, Ford's kind of talking to Joe. And this is where I fucking hate his character in this movie. And, and again, I don't know if it was Gareth or Aaron Taylor Johnson. But... Joe is like essentially dying and telling Ford to be with his family, go home, be with your family, protect them, um, do whatever it takes, which that comes back. Um, and then he dies. And Aaron Taylor Johnson just kind of like has this like rock, this moment where he's like rocking back and forth and like holding his head. And it's like, like, do you feel nothing? You yeah. just feel anxiety. You're not like, yeah, I agree sad. There's another scene where... He doesn't seem to get emotional about his dad at all. I don't remember where exactly I think it's coming up, but there's another scene where he's talking to someone, and I'm pretty sure he looks straight into the camera. <laughs> like, right after he just kind of looks straight into the camera and then walks away, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to direct him. No, I, can't, <laughs> I can't really remember what that part is, but um, that'd be funny if you pointed it out and showed me. Um, and so uh, they get to... Uh, uh, they're, they're on this aircraft carrier. This is where um, Serizawa kind of uh, explains who Godzilla is and right. what it is and, and how they found it and everything. Explains that the, the bomb testings back in the 50s or uh, whenever that was, 40s? Uh, um, been, like late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. Um, he's like, they weren't tests. They were trying to kill Godzilla. Right. Um, and it didn't work because radiation is their food source. So it really just kind of helped them out. Um, and, uh, they're like, can you help us with anything at all? And he's like, he was studying echolocation. They're like, oh, that's how they communicate. Uh, and so then they're like, oh, Godzilla must have been like picking up on this. And well, and he, he says that his dad said he heard something talk. Yeah. And something talking. So that's, that's how they figured it out, which I think this is, I mean, I, I didn't write a lot of notes after like this part because this is where it's, my notes kind of increase, actually. Oh, man. For me, this is where I was like, there's a lot of just, like, ground floor, um, like, chaos and family drama stuff. And, like, and then just battling. Yeah. So I didn't, like, you know, I wasn't like, oh, this way. It, it's, I don't think it's necessarily arranged terribly, although there's some things where I do feel like an amateur kind of made this movie. For the most part, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Ford... God, what a name, dude. Ford Brody. Who wrote this movie? Yeah. God, oh, that one okay. guy did. Um, it's him trying to get to his family, 
and Godzilla is saying, no, 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 bitch. I'm just kidding. It's oh, no, the Mutos are saying, say, no, 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 bitch. It's not really Godzilla. Um, so they're in Hawaii. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson on an aircraft carrier gets a ride to Hawaii to get a commercial flight back home. Um, however, they're also looking for the Muto, which they chased it back to Oahu, um, where it picked up a nuclear submarine a russian nuclear submarine yeah i thought that was cool and um is eating like the nuclear uh payload from it um and so then they kind of have this battle and then uh, at the aircraft carrier uh sirizawa hears someone say uh we got a bogey coming from the pacific and he's like oh shit i gotta go see this and he goes up on the deck and he's and uh, the chick is like uh, I, always, I forgot her name her, her real name is sally hawkins i don't remember the character's name yeah i don't know her character name. um she was a nice actor. I liked her in the movies. Um, and uh, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I gotta go see this. And then we get this really cheesy shot of uh, Godzilla's dorsal fins th- through the water where right. it, like he's looking through the binoculars and they show a light on one and then they show another light go to the next one and then they show another light go to the next one and they show a big picture of it just coming and then it dips right under the aircraft carrier which that yeah. part is cool i like that i kind of no, like that I you have this the, the initial reveal was sick yeah it's pretty cool yeah. and then i love how uh they show the helicopter spotlights and you see him swimming under it under the aircraft carrier right Air, aircraft carriers are fucking massive boats yeah you see how fucking massive he is yeah. swimming under it it's like oh shit yeah and so he causes this uh, like flood onto the beach, um, which it's actually a pretty huge flood. It's like a tsunami, which I don't understand why the water pulled in, though, before he showed up. That didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because it should have gone uh, out. That doesn't make sense. Well, of, eventually it does. Well, but it should have like pretty much immediately as soon as he started getting out of the water because of displacement. Right. So it's like, what is he like sucking it all in as he's like swimming towards it? That didn't make sense yeah, to me. Yeah, that's weird. But I get it. They wanted to show that something is coming or whatever, which right. I feel like the yeah the water should have been creeping up. It should have instead. Been. Yeah. Um. So flood through that. Um. I'm just gonna skip right past it. Uh, the Muto's attacking this monorail. Ford's on it, which he's actually trying to uh, take this child back to his parents because the kid. <laughs> like, which, snuck dude, onto the drain because he wanted his G.I. Joe. I was like, okay, what a good dude for doing what he's he, doing. No, absolutely. But, and he's like, I'll come back, but they don't speak English. But then I was like, damn, dude, this movie is really putting him in a position where it's like, they don't want, this, somebody yeah, does not part, want you to get home, dude. Well, and he, like, just can't catch a break. Yeah. And, like, he's just always moving. And, like, this dude's probably so exhausted by the end of the movie. He's like, fuck everything. God. Um, and so the Mito attacks the monorail. Some helicopters are attacking it. And then, um, Actually, to this point where uh, uh, the Muto strikes the helicopter, it crashes in front of like the main airport terminal or whatever, um, or like where you pick up your tickets. Right. Um, it's like bouncing and exploding. This helicopter is, and then you just see this. Uh, I guess I missed a part where, like, after the little flooding scene, we uh, there's helicopters let down some army guys on uh, these buildings, and then we see uh, they have these these flashes in the air. Um, or flares. They're flares. Um, and it goes next to Godzilla, and we hear is kind of like it, it, it's like so unnatural sounding until you hear the kind of like good, 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 good part of his like little growl. Right. But you just hear this like whoa. But it's him apparently because they kind of used that little sound as his like interesting his noise again in King of the Monsters. So that was kind of cool. They brought back a lot of the sounds they used. Um, so I have a question for you because ultimately this is leading to <clears throat> Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, how big is King Kong in comparison to Godzilla? 
Well, here's the thing. Kong Skull Island takes place uh, like in the 70s or the 60s. Right. And he's like to hear on him, like standing up. Is that supposed to, is he supposed to have been a baby in that movie though? He's very young. Okay. So I, I have to be, I'm just curious as well, to how big he's going to be. Do they, in, do they spoil uh, this in, in King of the, or? No, not at all. Okay. Um, they, you don't really see much Kong stuff really, other okay. than like stuff that kind of already shown from Skull Island. Sure. You just get glimpses. Um, Godzilla grew another hundred feet though. He's now 400 feet tall. Jesus Christ. So, and he, again, he's the biggest uh, Godzilla to date again. Because uh, after Godzilla 2014 came out, Toho finally made another Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla, where he got a little bit bigger, where he's like almost 400 feet, I think. Because the first one's three, uh, Godzilla 2014 in this movie is 355 feet. It's 106.7 meters. Jeez. Um, so we see Godzilla. Um, we see this awesome scene, which I love this reveal too, where we see his stubby little feet, which I had a huge problem with at first. I was like, that looks terrible. But then I like kind of grew to love it because I also found out that um, his original design came from like a stegosaurus and like a T-Rex. And so his feet were like kind of more stegosaurus-like. And I was sure. like, okay, that's actually cool. And it makes more sense because he needs to be able to kind of like keep grounded right. more. Like he needs to be able he's like stay grounded frame, more. So, yeah, he's big. Yeah. Uh, very meaty and buff. Um, uh, so you see his stubby feet, and it just pans up to him with the, the like anticipating like strings and the choir, and then it like gets to this peak, and then he just like lets out his like first roar, and then he kind of like recovers from it for a second, and you hear that roar echo, and then that's where we get to that scene where the kid's watching it on the news, and then right. that's your first like real monster fight that you get to see. You just see this glimpse on the news, and it's right. kind of cool, but you're like, fuck, why didn't we get to see any of that? Right. At least a little bit of it. Which, like, I don't hate that because I like that they kind of lead up to it. It's like, oh, no, you'll see this later. And I like that they give you at least that little glimpse of it. I think that's, and I think it's a cool way because they showed it on the news from someone else's perspective. And it's kind of cool to see that. It's like, whoa, like, like, what if you saw that on the news? It is also a pretty cool, like, attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. And and I like stuff like that. I like stuff in the background. Um uh ford gets uh he, he finds out that the military is like going towards uh san francisco because they're guessing that's where the monsters are going to converge at which is also where his family is. uh which is also where his family is so kind of a plot device like oh what are the odds that you need to get back home his family is sort of the MacGuffin. yeah exactly yeah. um and so then he's kind of like all help because I'm already in the military. He's EOD with Oh, he uh, just happens to be, like, the only person trained for what they need. That's not true. They have other people as well. He just uh, is like, well, I need to get home to San Francisco. And um, you don't have a... Like, he does explain that he's kind of, like, one of the only ones. But it seems like, for the most part, the other guys aren't, like, completely, like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. One of the guys does say, like, oh, sounds like it's an honor to have you on the team, or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you must be, like, the shit or something. I don't know. Well, he's uh, explosive ordnance disposal, so they, they're the guys that stop bombs, stop bombs which right. is pretty cool. Uh, which I love that part about him, too, because he's like, I'm not on the offensive side of the military, I'm on the defensive side, which, like, I'm just trying to, like, keep people alive. Which well, is, I think that's a really cool dynamic to his character. It's just very, like, convenient for the story. Well, there's a lot of conveniences in this movie, but at the same time, they uh, they did write that around the lore of like Godzilla and everything. That's always been a thing. Sure. He's always needed nuclear energy to survive. No, I get it. That's I just mean it's uh, as far as like his relation to 
to his dad and his dad's story and like it's all very kind of convenient like he ends up having to pick up the sword right and like be the hero it's sort of exactly <clears throat> exactly but he doesn't want to yeah the reluctant he's got to face hero. the facts the reluctant heroes face the truth um uh, so I'm going to try to blow through this, but, um, we, so he, he's getting a ride back to, uh, the mainland, but, uh, I'm wondering if they're like very North or something, um, because the closest, uh, way to get to San Francisco, I think would probably be going from Japan to, or from Hawaii. Well, yeah, he was in Hawaii, Hawaii straight to Japan or no, to, Hawaii to San Francisco. Also. But they get, they like land somewhere else. Oh, they land in Oakland, I think is what it is. Interesting. No, 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 it's not Oakland yet. Because that doesn't happen until after the train. What the fuck? I don't know where he uh, gets put, but they he has to get on this train where they're, maybe that's the whole point, is that maybe the, land the like nuclear bombs are Los coming Angeles? from this place. No, 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 no. It's way further than that. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Because they take it through like a whole countryside and everything. And the town that they're in when they do it looks a little more like... I don't want to say rural, but yeah. Huh. Um, but he's like, that's where he's like, uh, your guys haven't worked with bombs like this because they have to use bombs that can't be uh, turned off by EMPs. So you have to use like old stuff. He's like, none of you guys are trained in this stuff. I am. And he's like, he's like, I'm a value, valuable person to have here and I need to get to San Francisco. So it kind of works out. Which I think that <clears throat> that piece of information there actually is cool because... His position would be trained on old bombs because bombs from other countries tend to be older. Yeah. Which I think that's kind of cool. I just think that's a cool, like, a little attention to detail. It's another one of those little things. It's like, oh, cool. That is, that's, uh, that, that's good. That's, yeah, definitely. That's good writing. Um, and so he, he gets on this train. They're going through this, uh, countryside. They're watching it. He has this moment with, uh, uh, Sergeant Morales, which is kind of a nice little character you get to meet, but unfortunately he dies although you don't really see it happen um we see the female muto in this moment oh that's a key thing i missed whoops they're talking about they discovered the muto is communicating with something else that isn't godzilla and they're like oh "Oh, what can it be they're like oh shit it's that spore that the americans took back to where all the nuclear waste goes uh and it must be awake and talking now and then so they're like where is it they're like where you guys keep all your toxic waste and it shows nevada i don't know anything about that so well, i imagine that it relates to area 51 in some way or another oh i was assuming that it's an actual place where they dispose of toxic waste in nevada i don't know about that but i just imagine anything because that's what they're talking about they're not talking about like area 51 no i know i just imagine if they had some sort of spore like that that well it's right outside of vegas though too is area 51 outside of vegas i think it's it's out in uh roswell it's near roswell yeah i don't know the i don't know the uh geography of Nevada well enough (laughs) sure um so yeah we get to uh the female muto breaking out of this containment unit which it's weird because like the female was so huge but the hole it came out of did not seem like like how would this thing just what did it just there's some weird size stuff in this movie like i feel like sometimes that that is a thing in this movie where sizes are kind of just jumping around i I understand why sometimes well there's times like this where i'm like that's the one where I'm questionable about it. The other times I can uh, write off because at that point they had both each eaten like one nuclear sure. bomb. So they would have, and so maybe they would have grown in size. Um, that's kind of something that they bring a point to in King of the Monsters as well. 
Right. Um, they kind of like it's not necessarily that they answer questions or uh from this movie in the next one, but it's more like they kind of just shine more light on some things. Well, and they're you're just like, continuing oh. the world build. But the, that's the thing is they don't explain these things at all, and then they do explain it in this one, and, and it's like, oh, okay. Because, um, like, they don't explain that in 2014. They don't explain well, that. They like, they do explain that it's their food source, but we don't talk about them gaining size. Right. They do that in King of the Monsters. I just have to wonder if it's because this movie is taking place, or this movie is the perspective of someone who has no real idea of what's happening versus the next movie, which I haven't seen yet, taking place, I would assume, uh, which I don't know if Aaron Taylor Johnson came back for the next one. No, not at all. So then I don't know. But I would imagine the next movie is going to be more with someone who has had a little more experience with what is happening. Well, it follows Serizawa. You can see this in the trailer, but it follows Serizawa and his his female companion. Um, and then it kind of leads to some other characters who are actually more directly, they're actually directly involved with Monarch. So, like, they actually have a purpose other than okay. just being thrown into all this. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it makes it for, like, kind of a better movie. Um, and so, uh, so we see the female attacking Vegas. Um, we get this awesome kind of moment where, like, after the destructions kind of happened, um, we're in this, ho- like, really nice hotel room and the fire- these firemen break in. And it's a song playing, and it kind of has this good vibe. And then as it pans to like this massive hole in the like, like basically this whole like hotel room or apartment, whatever it was, um, is like kind of torn apart after they get through the doors. And then it's like you're the devil in disguise. Oh yeah, it's devil in disguise. Yeah. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, that was really great. Um, kind of cool moment. It's like oh, that's funny. Yeah, that is a good scene because then you're just yeah, you're just kind of like. That's what I mean. This movie is just so much about just humans reacting to yeah. devastation. Yeah, kind of. Um, I also like that casino scene where they like everyone's playing and everything, and then right. everything gets shut off. They're like, "What the fuck?" It, which you can see the TV screen is showing the news, and it shows the monster destroying the city. Nobody's watching. And then, yeah, it shuts off, and everyone's like, "Oh!" And then all of a sudden, it's just like, "Boom, bitch!" Yeah. And like the uh, the muto, the female muto comes in. Um, so that's where they figure out that they're talking to each other. They're gonna converge at converge at San Francisco, and so they got to get there, and they're gonna um, lure all the monsters with a bomb to like the ocean, and they're gonna use a kilowatt bomb, which is makes the mega megawatt look like a, a firecracker. I think right. is what he says, or something yeah. like that. Um, so it's like, okay, you guys probably should have a better plan than just. Let's get it as far out from San Francisco Bay as we can. Because, I mean, yeah, you're basically... Like, if it's more... If it's bigger than megawatt... just... Or megaton. the world. Yeah. Kiloton and megaton. Did I say megawatt and kilowatt? Yeah, you did. You're Whoops. Not electricity. Megaton. It's tons. So, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> just get it as far as you can. We're going to basically just destroy humanity. It's yeah. Um, and so, they do this whole thing. Um, the train thing doesn't really go down because the female Muto arrives and uh, wrecks that. And then this is where we're revealed that she has... Has a pregnant belly full of eggs. Right. Um, so there's a purpose to the mutos. They're gonna mate and start their species over, and that's a big problem because we can't have a bunch of giant bug monsters running around. Yeah, or else we'll have to watch monsters after this. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> monsters, the real life movie. Which is the punishment you have to watch. Uh, I'm sorry, Gareth Edwards. You, you got a good mind, but... I'm not really sorry. I mean, you're doing well for yourself, and I don't think you really deserve what you're getting, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I think he's he's making it. I think he's learning. We'll see. That's what I'm saying. I think he's learning. He's I think potential. He's learning. You got a lot of potential, guy. Um. Anyway, uh, so 
the air Serizawa's on the aircraft carriers and the subs. They're following Godzilla. Godzilla's following the male Muto. Um, we've got the military following the female Muto. Um, they finally kind of converge in San Francisco on a, a stormy day. Uh, we get to the Golden... Uh, Elle has her kid with her at work. She works in a hospital. She's like a nurse. Right. Um, so her job is very important to her in high stress, and she has to leave her kid often. Um, but uh, she puts him on a bus because she's like, I want him to be safe, but I also have to take care of people. Um, so he goes on the bus with her friend. Uh, the bus has to get across Golden Gate Bridge, which is, like, closed down for some reason, even though they're, like, there's, like, all this traffic, but it seems like the police and the people trying to get rid of the traffic are just making it worse. Yeah, you know, that's funny because I was watching this um, a little earlier, and Rachel was kind of in and out watching it with me. Yeah. And she came in at one point and goes, yeah, there's no way there was room for him to just drive through there. After one of the shots that kind of change, right. change angles, and she goes, mm, no. Which, uh, so then this leads to us, uh, there's, uh, like, uh, battleships in the bay, uh, tanks and soldiers on the bridge, which it's like, you guys need to, like, really chill and get these people out of here first. For um, real, Because uh, then Godzilla shows up, and we have this great scene where, like, we see the dorsal fins again in the water, right. and you're like, oh, shit. And then, like... It just rises up and it's like, oh, it's just his tail. And he yeah. stands up and he's like fucking huge. And you're like, oh, shit. Yep. Um, he's taller than the Golden Gate Bridge or like as tall of it as it. Something like that. I think he was slightly um, taller. Yeah. The bus driver finally goes, fuck this shit. I'm out. And like takes tries to take off. But one of the suspension cables of the bridge get broken and then fall into it. And then. This is where I'm, like, kind of, like, this scene was really stupid uh, just for this, like, little transition they do because they bring it back to the kids and the fact that they're in danger, which they right. should kind of, I feel like they kind of should be, like, focusing more on that than, like, the soldiers necessarily. Um, although still, like, have those cuts to, like, Godzilla and stuff. But, um, because uh, they, the cable stops the bus from being able to go further and then it right. transitions, it follows these soldiers running up to the thing to, like, get ready to shoot Godzilla. And then uh, we see some missiles coming, and uh, Godzilla's dorsal fins come up and block the missiles, because obviously they were going to hit the bridge. Right. Because the military is fucking useless. Right. Um, well, that's the thing, too. Well, go ahead. Uh, so Godzilla's defending these people against our own military. And another thing. Yeah, he lifts up the suspension cable and, like, lets all these... Uh, cars go through like this scene is really great the bus gets through but then he finally gets so fed up with getting shot with missiles and stuff although who knows maybe actually at this point because you you see him from a distance from the bus so maybe at this point the cars have gotten through but he eventually just walks through the bridge and destroys it yeah I and it's know. kind of like where is godzilla he's kind of this guardian but at the same time he's kind of like I ha I gotta do what I gotta do but he's also being shot at yeah yeah so. I, absolutely he's like I, I don't want to know this shit and uh <clears throat> then we see the male Muto just fucking dive into the water. It comes back up, takes one of the nukes right off one of the boats, and flies that to his lady. Right. Um, which then we see this uh, shot that comes back in King of the Monsters. And this is one of the things where I'm like, okay, you guys use that for like this kind of funny moment, but uh, why did you really do that? I mean, it is just for like a moment, but it was... It's the more the fact that they used like the same footage from the movie. Oh, and it's like nobody really captured that moment on camera. Why is this part of like your film? Right. So we see the Mutos kind of meeting. Um, the male hands off the nuke to the female. She holds it to her belly, like, "Oh, aren't you guys? You guys are ready for this?" Uh. <laughs> and then like that's kind of that scene. Um, 
And then uh, we see the Muto kind of uh, flying and zipping around the city, which is actually really cool. I love yeah. it. I watching the male Muto fly. Like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. All the scenes are so cool. And uh, I love how the city gets rainy. Because this kind of brings me back to the 98 Godzilla movie. The the movie's very rainy, very taking wet. place in New York. and The 90s were very wet. Very relatable to us, though, because living in Portland, it's Always raining rainy. all the time. Yeah. And so, like... I, I love that about this movie. I'm like, oh, cool. I kind of like feel like this is my territory. Sure. And like, I feel like I could be there. Um, and we get this awesome scene where like the male Muto flies onto, uh, well, he uses an EMP blast, which starts knocking planes out of the fucking sky. Dude, all those scenes of the planes falling out of the sky are terrifying. Yeah. And yeah. so we end up seeing one that just crashes into a building. He then lands on this other building, kind of crushing it a little bit. He's a little too big for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, crushes the top and everyone's like oh shit and starts running away from that but then we see godzilla get up and kind of roar and they're like oh shit yeah and then they kind of go into this uh like bunker thing and as the doors close we see the male muto fly in and kind of engage with godzilla which is a cool little part too wish we could have seen more of that yeah. but that's okay I um but I, I i still like that part a lot i, I just really also like that overcast setting i think that's perfect for a monster fight i love like the yeah, sky's not too dark or too bright i agree with that <laughs> it's like this mopey moment and they have to fight in the rain it's cool not like a heavy rain but like it's i still think good. i would have liked to see more of the sun sh like the day shots of godzilla I, I don't know i feel like it was daytime enough that's what i mean i agree it, it's not too dark on him this comes i guess it still stands out a ton just back to my argument of i want to see more godzilla i know because there's not enough it, totally totally um and so I just when I first saw this movie, I cherished every moment of him that like it outshined anything else. So like anytime I got to see him, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I was just like so stoked on this movie. Oh, uh, the Halo jump scene. This is where oh, they start right, setting right. that up. So they're like, OK, we're going to do this um, because the female Muto now has the bomb. She's used it to lay her eggs around it so that when they hatch, they have a food source. Sure. Or maybe it's like this membrane because there's this like membrane that's holding all the eggs together still. It's kind of weird. It's like a poop or yeah. like a goo almost, but all the eggs like are lined up on it. It's got this weird twisty like downwards cone. It looks like look. the hill that Jack Skellington is standing on in the Nightmare Before Christmas. A little bit, although it gets it like going like it's going like straight down, yeah. But it's more lock. twisty like this, yeah. Um, I don't know if she like swallowed it and then used that to like. Like, pushed it out, and then so, like, the goop with the eggs, like, went along that. Because it's, like, the bomb's, like, buried in it, and they have to, like, take it out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, they don't really explain it, though, either. And so, um, they're, like, we gotta retrieve the bomb, um, and turn it off. Like, okay, well, what's plan B if we can't turn it off? Get it on the nearest boat, send it as far away from the city, uh, so that it can detonate. I mean, that really is the best plan, though. Like, I mean, it's the what only else plan you, you have, yeah. What else are you gonna do? Shoot That's not a terrible plan. Well, how, though? They'd have to get it on something that can shoot it into space. There's no way. It'd take too much time to blow up by then. Um, and so, our guys get ready, um, which, this is, like, one of the best scenes of the movie. Um, and where, like, the all the soldiers are on the plane just getting ready to do this halo jump. This yeah. is where we saw the trailer. Um, they do it. We have that epic music. Um, all the viewpoints from Ford are just, you just see from his goggles and just hear him breathing, which is amazing when they come through the clouds. Because then you see Godzilla battling 
with the Muto, like with lightning clashing yeah. around them, and you see Godzilla let out this, like it, he's obviously letting out a battle roar, right? But you don't hear it; you just hear Ford breathing. I kind of love that. Yeah. So, well, I love that too. I love this scene because in uh, outside of those shots, we just have the the sort of wide shots of the guys coming down yeah. and the devastation of the city and everything around them, and it kind of reminds me with the coloring of like the Dante, his, like, descent into hell. Yeah. You know, like, and uh, it just, like, going down into this, And like, it just starts getting dark and red. Exactly. And, like, and like it just terrifying. It does look sort of hell, like a hellscape. Yeah. It's very cool. So they, their whole point is that they, I guess they did the halo jump around the perimeter, and they're supposed to converge on it. Um, and they're like, if you land on a building... Uh, he says if you hit a building, or if you don't hit a building, we're going to meet up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rally at... Uh, Charlie Bravo or something yeah. like that. Um, and uh, so they finally get there. Um, they figure out they can't take they they can't take the bomb apart so that he can get to it to turn it off. So then they go to plan B, which is get it onto the boat. Um, and as the soldiers are taking it out, uh, he's like, I got to do something about these eggs or else we're fucked. Um, and um, he sees like an oil tanker sitting in the pit. <clears throat> and uh, Godzilla's battling the Mutos at this point, too. Um, he knocks off this canister thing that just makes all this, like, gasoline gush out of it, um, and so this whole area is filling up with gasoline. There's already, like, fire from the dis devastation, I guess, of the right. spot. Um, so basically, it's just a waiting game of until the gasoline hits the fire. And then we see this little, like, dragon statue, it, which is kind of foretelling. Of, uh, it's a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, but then there's this huge explosion that actually launches him out of the pit as he's almost, like, to the top. <laughs> it goes brutal. flying, yeah. yeah. And then the female Muto reacts after, uh, basically, the female Muto and the male Muto, I think, are kind of kicking his Godzilla's ass at this point, too. A little bit. But They're kind of tag teaming him. He gets kind of a second way. wind because of Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he still dominates them. Uh, it's like he gets to that point where he's like, all right, I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I've got to end this. Um, the female Muto gets pissed. Um, there's, we hear the glass breaking and from Ford's direction, I guess, and she looks right at him. and get, She's like, oh, I'm going to get this son of a bitch. And that's where, it, like, the lighting starts dimming more, but then it's just so you can see the blue glow show up on Ford's face, and he kind of, like, looks over. Uh, and then we just pan to Godzilla's tail, like, his uh, dorsal fins lighting up along his tail up to his back, and he kind of, like, inhales, and, like, it's a big breath, and then, like, unleashes the atomic breath that you've been waiting yes. for the whole time. And it's, it's really wimpy. However, I will say, though... <clears throat> He's been sleeping for at least 50 years, which before that he probably wasn't using his atomic breath often. Sure. And who's to say he doesn't have enough radiation to do it full power. Um, it looks much better in King of the Monsters. I'm sure. It's much closer to what it really should have been. There's this amazing YouTube video that somebody made as well. I saw. Um, of the beam and sound. I, I don't really care. Like, the sound doesn't matter too much to me, although it does sound better. But they edited this scene and it i gotta say it looks so much better i wish they would have still done that it just looks like this kind of wimpy blue flame and it doesn't really do anything to the muto too but maybe i mean i think that's kind of the point because they already had two more movies set up they're like well godzilla's kind of gotta save it you sure. know well i mean just give ahead and maybe spoil a little bit but when he does the the one at the end down the throat well it's down the throat though no i know but it melts that thing's head like it basically like the body just drops off from the head right whereas if it was a beam it'd probably like devastate the body instantly yeah so like that's what i'm saying though is like his is 
his power level isn't at its normal peak. Right. Sure, because he's sure. been sleeping for a long time, doesn't have a whole lot of I can see either. Either. Well, and if he's and if he's bigger in the next movie, then it would make sense for it to be a bigger blast. Well, I think. Okay, and that actually led me to uh, think about something with movies when when they're playing out franchises. It's like they must obviously like pick stuff to do. They're like like they probably were like we don't want his atomic breath to be like crazy cool yet, which uh, I sure. think is a mistake because it's like that kind of bit could have been the same grace of your movie. But the fact that they put it in there at all is really great. But at the same time, like, it makes for a kind of good story where it's like, we see Godzilla for the first time in 70 years or so. Yeah, we see the first blast. Then he has to fight with the male Muto, which is really great. The male Muto is kind of like, uh, still giving it to him. And then uh, it flies off for this, like, oh, I'm going to get you. And he kind of just watches it, which is great. I love that moment where he's just watching it fly. Um, because as soon as it starts coming in uh, by this building, it likes to sweep by these buildings and come around at him. Um, he just times it perfectly and just like twists his body like really quick, uh, slamming his tail into the Muto, which slams it into the building, which was like, uh, I guess had all these kind of metal bars kind of jutting out once he slammed it into the building because it impaled the Muto and it like dies. It like hangs there on the building too. Which is so brutal. Which I wonder if they had to like clean that afterwards. Well, that like, sort of damage control. Yeah. Um, and so... That's his final fight with that, and then he's uh, the building actually collapses on him. He falls, um, and him and uh, Ford have kind of this moment where they're both kind of like at this uh, in the spot of like defeat. Yeah, and it kind of seems like Godzilla is like Godzilla is like down and out for like the rest of the movie. It's like he's done. Uh, but then Ford's like, "Oh, I gotta go meet up with my guys." Because now the female is uh, the female ran off and to get the bomb and is now attacking the soldiers. Right. Um, he starts to get the once he gets to the boat, he starts to get the thing going. Um, but then the Muto knocks out the boat's power with an EMP because everything's ran through fucking electronic, electronic technology, and yeah. uh, so it's not like a like old school boat or anything. Although even like a like more modern day motor would still go out with that because it's still. All, yeah, it's all powered by a computer. Um, well, what about ones that are powered by gas? We used to have a computer running everything that's regulating your engine. Uh, sure, okay. Because those planes are still run by gas that are falling out of the sky. That's so, true, they're and they're on a computer fuel. system. Yeah. Well, I, but my point was that, like, if you just had one of those ones that was just like a hand if one you had, with like, gas, you could probably still car, use that. I would imagine it would be fine. Yeah. Because there's no electronics in it. Okay. Um, so. He does his best to try and get it going. The Muto kind of stops him and is like, what are you doing, dude? Like, give up. Um, and then right as... <laughs> which, I mean, I get is like... It's like, what the hell is he going to do when he puts his gun out at it? But it's like, also, in that situation, wouldn't you do that too? Like, <laughs> I know, I kind of thought I, the same thing. I was like... Or, or maybe you'd just be like, fuck, like, this is it. So what I would do. I'd but, be like, well, I'm dev done. That's the this thing, though, too. Is, he's a soldier. He's going to die fighting. No, sure. I would, too. Why not unload some bullets on this thing before you die, even though you know it's not going to do shit? Sure. Maybe it'll give buy you, like, a second or something. I don't know. But uh, as the creature is lunging for board, um, Godzilla comes back, bites the creature in the back, and kind of turns it with his hands. That's where it opens its jaws open and just yeah. unleashes another atomic blast right down its right throat, down which was, like, throat. really cool, because you're like, 
oh, we finally got to see it. Awesome. Yeah. But it was kind of wimpy. And then you get to see, like, well, at least he fucking did the coolest shit you could. Yeah. With his wimpy atomic breath, which is right down the thing's throat. It starts to burn its neck, and basically its body slumps out of it. And yeah, like, it's pretty brutal. And then he kind of just, like, kind of, like, tosses it into the ocean. Yeah, he tosses it, the head. Uh, or I guess he just kind of lets go of it. But his, his arm's kind of in a swing, so it kind of has a little bit of like forward movement. A, yeah. He lets out a roar, um, <clears throat> but then uh, he ends up collapsing again at some point um, in the city. Um, and then uh, Ford's on the boat, and it starts It starts up again. He's on the boat, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to die, basically, because I'm on the bomb. He's like, at least I got it as far away as I could to protect everyone and my family. Right. Um, which that was another thing. when uh, Right before the halo jump, the, the sergeant's like, or general or whatever, he's like, if you don't come back, like, like, this is it. There's no extraction plan. Like, if you die, you're not coming back. Right. And he's like, I'll do whatever it takes. And yeah. that, that's what leads back to Joe saying, uh, protect your family, do whatever it takes. Right. So, right. Um, I like that little connection. That was kind of cool. He's, you know, like, kind of honoring his dad. So, he's flying. Uh, he gets rescued by a helicopter uh, between all this, which I was <laughs> thinking about. I was like, was the helicopter, like, fucking flying along with the boat while the boat was probably, probably going, was. like, 60 miles an hour? And- probably. That's cr- that's pretty crazy yeah. to try and rescue this guy off a moving boat. That's I nuts. Mean, By helicopter and those wimpy nuts. ladders that you have to be yeah, on. Yeah, those like rope ladders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they rescue him, and then as he's kind of like fading out of consciousness, you see the atomic blast in the background, which is pretty cool. It's a nice shot. Um, <clears throat> and then we kind of cut to uh, the next morning where everyone's gathered at like the uh, stadium, um, and uh, waiting there for their families and whatnot. Um, L shows up and they they meet up and they have this caring moment. Yeah, their mom. Sirazawa is looking at Godzilla um, as he's like laying there. They all think he's dead, basically. Because he's he, just laying in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, in some rubble, and he like snorts and then opens his eye, and they're like, "Oh!" He and he gets up, up, and everyone's cheering. Yeah, dude. Which I was like, "Yeah, dude, that's so cool!" Yeah, like all these the people angry. are cheering for Godzilla because he saved them for these creatures. Like, this is how you know that Godzilla truly is the protector of Earth. Which that's something that's flip flopped a lot. Um, and I kind of want to get into that a little bit in a second here because we're trying to wrap up. But, um, you know, he kind of just, he gets up and just kind of takes off. Well, he walks into the water and the camera sits at him and you see the water just kind of calm around him. And yeah. it sits, cuts to black credits. Yeah. I, w- I have to say, perfect ending. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say that. It ends with one last roar, a couple jets fly over him yeah. right as he does it, and then he jumps into the water, and you kind of get to see him s- uh, snake away in the water a little bit, yeah. and his dorsal fins kind of finally disappear, and then, yeah, it's just still, and then just credits. I, I love that ending. Um, it just feels so good. It's like, yes, dude, that was fucking Godzilla, dude. Um, but, so that, uh, yeah, and so... So that's Godzilla. I, uh... L- Give me, let's give me your, your, uh, review and score. Um, so I still love this movie. Uh, although I've seen it so many times now that I've kind of ruined it for myself, especially after we started doing this, which we've been doing this for like over a year now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little, this little movie review podcast. We've been doing this over a year. Yeah. Episode three. We've been doing this for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I've started getting like kind of picky at it, but I think that's kind of good. Because I, I realized that when this movie came out, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I have a terrible Godzilla tattoo that's actually unfinished. Um, I don't that think it's, it's terrible, by the way. Yeah, nobody does. But cool, it's not on you. So yeah, 
but it's Fair still enough. also only an outline that I've had for six years. So that just shows that, uh, how cool I am. So, and I got this, I got this tattoo in like uh, commemoration of the movie. I think I got it before the movie came out. Uh, I wanted the 2014 Godzilla like on my arm. It, was it doesn't before? look anything like that. I think it was before because it was Mother's Day before that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. Um, but uh, you know, so I picked out a lot of things. I don't think the story is amazing. Although Godzilla's only in it for eight minutes total, um, I, I still like love every minute he's in it, and I think that still makes the movie pretty great. I, I like the story around it, but they definitely could have done better. I think they kind of proved that they can do better in King of the Monsters, so everyone should kind of look forward to seeing that if you didn't really like this movie, or if you did love this movie. Um, because it felt more like a traditional Godzilla movie, but in a modern way. What's interesting, you also have this, you're giving your review too, with, with the 2020 hindsight of knowing what's coming next. I mean, kind of. Because you've seen the next movie, I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, I, but I don't necessarily know what's going to happen in the next movie. Yeah, uh, for I, sure. I do think that they're doing the kind of Batman versus Superman thing with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I think it's going to end up being them pairing up against something. And I've thought that before I saw Godzilla King of the Monsters because I was just like, they already did that fight years ago and we saw it in Big Whoop. So why would the two like heroes of this monster verse that legendary has created clash at least ultimately in the end i think really sure. they're gonna end up being they're both gonna stay guardians they're gonna team up earth. and kill humans because humans are the problem no they're still guardians of earth they're still gonna um <clears throat> help take out the, whatever the next big guy is um but you know i i i would i'm kind of torn because I want to give this movie a three out of five, but I think really I would have to give it like a two and a half. Wow. Okay. Interesting. But I'll still go back and watch this movie and tell people they should watch it and explain everything to them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it'd be a lot more fun to talk about with somebody after seeing King of the Monsters with them as well, or at least if they'd seen it, because there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, especially after just watching this recently after seeing it twice this weekend. Right. So I King of the Monsters twice this weekend, and then I just watched 2014. I was like, oh, cool. They kind of connected things I didn't think they would really, like, tell you about. Sure. And so there's a lot of fun stuff with that, and I really want to talk to somebody about it um, other than Josh and Kevin because they don't know anything anyway. <laughs> but um, but I actually I informed them on a lot of stuff. It was really fun. They're like, oh, okay. Um, so what is uh, what, what's your review on it? Interesting. Well, you know, so I hadn't seen this movie probably since uh, you since and I out. lived together. Yeah. Not since oh, it came sure. out, because we used to watch it quite a bit. So <laughs> but I've seen this movie quite a bit. It's not <laughs> like this was my first time. Um, sure, sure. But I hadn't seen it probably since we lived together, and that was a few years ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I kind of I thought I liked this movie a lot more before. Okay. Um. So watching it again was kind of interesting because I was thinking like, oh, I like this movie a lot. And that's not to say I don't like this movie a lot, but I kind of agree with you. I think there's a lot of things that are kind of um, not wrong with this movie, but... But they're it, not right. They're not right. And yeah. and I don't think that this movie needs to be two hours and three minutes long. Uh, That's the thing. Well, okay. Uh, granted, like I was saying earlier, I had to watch it at 10 o'clock and I was already pretty like tired at this point. But, like, if I was, like, I want to watch this movie and I wasn't, like, dead-ass tired, 
I would still sit and watch the whole thing because I still enjoy it, but I still now I just pick at the things that I don't like and I'm like, oh, why didn't they do this? The biggest one for me is just Aaron Taylor Johnson's character just like not exploding in tears over his dad's death. That kind of like that bums me out that he didn't have that reaction, although who's to say his reaction wasn't the most realistic one? Well, I guess I, I guess what I don't like is that it's two hours and three minutes and it's not paced poorly. I just think that there's like because they made it a sort of a family drama, it it takes away from the story that it needs to be, in my opinion. For yeah, it's like, I don't story. care about this family. I care about right. Godzilla. So really, it should have like. That's why I wish that Joe stayed in the movie longer because at least he would be like, I gotta see this to the end, yeah. and you'd have a reason to follow this family through it instead of just uh, making Godzilla like your co-protagonist. Yeah, he's sort of like a background character until the end of the movie and you know i don't have a problem with you not wanting to like focus on him as like the main character godzilla that is but it needs to be like 50 50 sure he needs to be more than eight minutes in the movie and i i like the casting for the most part like we kind of went over that earlier brian cranston's god like in this movie he's like one of the best ken watanabe's amazing in this movie but he's a good in like everything you see him in yeah um i think that i don't know i you know i gave this movie a three Really? Yeah, with a recommend. Okay. Because I think this movie is a really good disaster movie. Yeah. And I think that this movie does, like, a fantastic job of showing what human the human reaction to a sort of natural disaster would be and how we would all be kind of like, oh, shit, what do we do? Like, what do we do right now? The military's not helping us. They're attacking whatever. So it's kind of just up to us to save ourselves right now. Yeah. And you see that with, like, the flood scene where the, everybody's running through uh, Honolulu. And, um, it's Oahu. Or Oahu, excuse me. And um, you see that in the, Maybe the San Honolulu, Francisco actually. scenes. Yeah. So, I mean... I know, uh, I, I like all the, like, panicky parts. I think they're usually pretty good in this movie. Like, that stuff's cool. And, like, I brought up earlier, like, the um, Janjira, like, in 2014 Janjira, where it's, like, post-apocalyptic looking. It looks sort of, like, Chernobyl-y. And I think that's really cool. Although there's... Uh, okay, well, maybe I don't know what Chernobyl really looks like, but there's a lot of plant life. That's the thing, though. And that's I think, goes to show that there wasn't any radiation because there was plant life. There's plant the life, case. and there's the dogs running through, you know? And then it ends up being that there was no radiation in the air. Yeah. Um, it, that very well could be, and probably is, because the whole thing, is, the whole point is that the male muto was sucking that place dry right. of its radiation for 15 straight years. Like, literally up until the point where there was no more radiation, and then it, like, hatched. Burst out and left, it, yeah. And then, it, you know, uh, Ford poses the question, he's like, why the hell didn't you guys kill it? And they're like, we were, which they did the most, like, sensible thing, really. They're like, well, he was feeding on radiation, we were afraid we were going to release that. Yeah, well, that's true. And that would be, yeah, well, honestly, infinitely worse. So. Um, but, but yeah, to that scene, like, I think that in, like, to kind of relate it more to Chernobyl, because you're right, there is way more plant life there than there is in Chernobyl. It's more so the idea of this snapshot of, like, a day in the life where nobody had the ability to pack up and leave. It's just everything was left the way it is. Right, yeah. You I mean, know? like, to the point where that happy birthday sign is still up 15 years later. Totally, and everything's just preserved and untouched, and there's, uh, the cars are just in the street. Yeah. where they would have been and you know i just i love that like look of the like oh desolation yeah. there once was a civilization here yeah and even sort of a modern civilization 
Uh, I mean, it was the '90s. Yeah, it's only yeah, it was only 20 years ago. You know, from now, so it's just crazy to me. But uh, so yeah, I give this movie a three, and it is a recommend because like it's beautifully shot. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to point out is there's a lot of really beautiful cinematography, and it's not even like the scenes with like Godzilla and stuff. It's even just those like little transition scenes like that. That first one when um, I think it's the morning after Ford picked up Joe from the from jail. And you see whatever city they're in. I don't know if they really talk about what city they're in. They were in Tokyo. Were they? Yeah. So you see Tokyo, like, and it's like, it's like dawn. Like, the sun's, like, just first coming out, I think. And it just looks so good. Yeah. No, yeah, the cinematography in this movie is beautiful. The score in this movie is beautiful, which we talked about earlier. So, I mean, for those things alone, it's worth watching. But that's why I think this movie is sort of a Godzilla art house movie. Because you could kind of do without the family drama <laughs> yeah which and that's i'm not sliding any of the actors you know i like i said brian cranston kills it it's more movie. of the writing really. but if you were to get rid of that whole dynamic and just keep this movie like a the world governments versus whatever's happening as far as godzilla goes and even keep it shot this way in the sort of like dev world devastation kind of view it would still be a really good movie but it would be that art house godzilla movie yeah. Because it's pretty. And it's not just about the action. And you do get those good actions, but it's very limited. Yeah. I I, I like to think I could like be like, oh, I could write a good Godzilla movie. I wouldn't even know where to begin. And I will give this movie the credit that it's smart and like it's very like intertwined and it makes sense. The characters make sense. Yeah. You know, so that's why I say I give this movie a three. If, for me, it's not a two point it's not quite a five you know at a 10 it's not quite that 2.5 it's not quite a half okay. but it's not like i'm i'm pleasantly surprised i'm not like oh you gotta go see this movie well, but if yeah. but if you haven't seen it you should watch it you should sit down and watch it it's entertaining you're not gonna be disappointed well you might be but i don't think if you go into it not knowing what you're like to expect i don't think you should be disappointed yeah it's not the 98 movie Oh, absolutely not. But again, uh, I i mean, me personally, I view that movie differently. Uh, I like I, that movie for different reasons. Exactly. And so, and that's the thing too, is like that comes into my opinion. Uh, I'm strongly opinionated against that. There's no such thing as a movie that's so bad it's good. You either <laughs> love it or you don't. You know, like, sure. Either so, like, that there's you no like guilty this. pleasures. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, you shouldn't be like, oh, it's so bad that I love it. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Well, like, why can't you how just do you don't feel like about it? liking something but being able to acknowledge that it's maybe not of the best quality? Because I think that's what some people are so, are talking about. That is what they're talking about, and that's what falls under a category as a cult classic. <laughs> so. Well, so that's that's interesting though because I think some people, and I'm not arguing with you, but I think some people would argue that because um, I kind of agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Some people would argue that a cult classic is a movie that didn't do well initially. But that has picked up a following over the years. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think it kind of depends. I don't know. I mean, we, oh, man. Because I wouldn't call this movie a cult. Classic. I'm gonna get it's not. Well, it's not. It was did well financially. Yeah, it was a right blockbuster. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sentimental about the whole season and a half, a half almost of episodes that we don't have anymore. Yeah. But. We did some cult classic movies, some movies that didn't do well initially at all, but you they know, did pick up like a, a following. It's been a while since I've seen those movies. Maybe we'll just have to I was do thinking, them over. I was thinking maybe, and you guys follow us at WAWWTPod on Instagram. Um, and, well, you know, we're going to post stuff semi-regularly so you can keep up to date with us, but 
Let us know if, um, and, and I'll post a list of maybe some of the titles that yeah, we maybe, did. Maybe we should post the list of the titles we did and see if people want to see us do that. If you're interested in any of the movies, I'll tell you right now that um, if you want to say if you want to see Sleepaway Camp, you're gonna have to have you and your brother and your sister vote for it because Zach's really not gonna want to watch that movie again. Um, but if you do want to watch it, nice. <laughs> um, but if you want to hear us talk about it. Or yeah, rather. Which yeah. I am dreading it, but um, whatever. Maybe do it for the pod. Yeah, so, you gotta do it for the know. pod. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, next week we are gonna do another movie. Wow, that's a that's a good uh, send off. Hey guys, just so you know, we watch. Wait movies. for wait for next week because we're watching another movie. Boom! Hey guys, so we watch films and we review them. And next week we're doing just that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, cool. Well, uh, you know, peace, bitches. Oh, yeah.